First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome to the Small Fleet and Owner Operator Summit. Today, we are joined by Jamie Hagen, president of Hellbent Express. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jamie. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm good. I'm excited to jump into this uh, as we were chatting a little bit. Uh, you know, we love a good South Dakota, a little good South Dakota nod. It just brings the world together. Um, before we jump too far into this, what's his background you know, and kind of what led you to start Hellbent, Hellbent Express? Well, to be honest, it was money that led me to start I don't need to reward, right? Like any true owner operator, right? Um, started back in 2010. I uh, wanted to do things a little different, uh, being a company driver for the decade prior to that. Uh, you know, I would constantly question why they did the things they did, the large organization I worked for. And I thought, well, how about starting my own company and under, you know, coming to a better understanding of what they do and why they do it. And, uh, yeah, it's been a lesson ever since. I uh, got my own authority back in 2020, uh, right after COVID hit. So been uh, been riding the roller coaster ever since, as they say. As you say, you've been you've been around for the good and the bad, and uh, the really really good. And unfortunately, where we are now, the you know could be better. Could be better. Yeah, I mean, my dad was in the trucking industry in the 80s, so I got my CDL in 1992. So I've rode the wave, you know, as even as a driver, you know what I mean? Like, you know, when, you know, every, just part of the cycle of trucking, right? Yep. I feel like it's always like what goes up comes down and it's just how long can you hang on? And I feel like you might have some pretty good surfboard skills that can uh, teach the rest of us a thing or two. So kind of going into what we've seen over the last few, the last year or so, um, fuel prices have been insanely high. It's something, well, now I guess they're kind of coming down, but couple months ago, they were at like some very high highs. Um, and then kind of how do you guys manage that from the carrier perspective? Like when fuel's really high or fuel's really low, does that obviously it affects your business because that affects how much you're putting into your truck. Um, kind of how do you guys manage that? How, like how do you just manage the, in, the in, unpredictability of fuel? It's crazy. It's our second largest uh, expense right behind uh, driver payroll. And it's it's a volatile situation. I mean, we, we wrote it. I mean, if you think about it, since 2020, it went from super low. They were practically giving away oil then. You know, so the price of diesel was epically low, the lowest I've seen since I was a child. And now it, it was the highest I've ever seen in my entire life. And now, like you said, it is kind of coming down a little bit. I mean, it's it's funny when you've seen 6 and $7 diesel, $4 diesel seems cheap, right? Like, all suddenly you're like... It's really cheap. I should sell up, you know, <laughs> but it's still, it's, it's above average. I would say what we're used to, you know, we're used to that $3 range, even three fifty would be considered except, you know, which is kind of getting to right now, but it's still above it. Um, so for us, it's, it's been tough trying to keep everybody in check, trying to keep, you know, fuel economy has always been my priority. It's what I'm known for in the industry is fuel economy and keeping trucks, you know, spec a certain way, 
And now that, like I said, now that I know what it's like on the fleet end, you know, it's changed things drastically on how I even spec equipment and all that stuff. So it's, it's the only thing you can do as a fleet to control that as much as possible. Try to mitigate it down as much as possible at all times. Even when it's low, it's always going to go back up. Fuel never stays at a constant, you know, not in the United States at least. I mean, I think that's the dream for every fleet owner or business owner is to have fuel that is just the same, like just be able to make it a fixed cost of a budget. But unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. Well, you're in state to state. I mean, it's it's a daily, a weekly, it's a everything, you know, so you can't, you know, you just kind of aim for the middle and hope you don't get too out of alignment with things, you know, especially with fuel surcharges and, you know. If you're taking a load to California or even Pennsylvania, it's, you know, fuel prices there are drastically different than they are in South Dakota. You know, we're, you know, we're running around 340 a gallon right now. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of those where you know where the expensive states are and you know, how far can I get before I actually have to fill up? And can I get into the state, drop off, pick up and get back out before I have to actually fill up again? It's kind of that, I don't know, I feel like it's like a game, but it's probably not a game. It's probably just the fact of doing business. Right. Well, I guess if you're an owner-operator, it's a game, you know what I mean? When you're a company driver, it's just part of your day. You just feel up wherever you like it, and if there's a free shower or, or free Coca-Cola involved, right? I like it. I like it. So when you say that you are kind of known for your fuel economy, what's kind of like one piece of advice that you have to give to someone that might be you know, looking to start taking fuel economy more seriously or some of practices that they could implement um, themselves. What's like that number one piece of advice you have? The very cheapest thing you can do for fuel economy is slow down. It doesn't cost you anything. It costs you a little bit of time, but you'd be surprised how much time you lose in a day to begin with. Let's say you're driving 70 miles an hour. You average roughly probably 62, 61 miles an hour. People don't do that. You know, they don't do that math in their head. But if you drive 65, 62, well, now you still average 59, 60 miles an hour. You've only lost a mile or two. Didn't cost you anything to add it to the truck or any kind of purchase of any kind. So that's the number one thing is just slowing down, especially in the today's world where freight is scarce or sparse, if you will. No need to get there that much quicker, you know, and, and take something that's not really paying you all that well to begin with. So, you know just my opinion though i like it I, that's also that's also safer for everyone involved you know go the speed limit don't rush you know don't drive recklessly that's better for the fuel economy and better for everyone's safety on the road here's there's a direct correlation too between fuel economy and maintenance uh the more fuel efficient you are the slower you go the more your maintenance costs go down which is your you know your third biggest expense is maintenance well, now you're reducing that one as well, you know, tire wear, brake wear, uh, you know, your insurance premiums can go down, you know, depending on how great your, you know, CSA score is and all those things all correlate. It's kind of crazy how they're tied together. It's 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 surprising sometimes what kind of all, what one action can do and how it can cause it like a, a positive domino effect, if you will, which is not often happened in transportation when something, when you do something, there's a positive domino effect that follows it. Well, that's true, but it. It, it works the other way too, right? You start speeding up, you start getting a little crazy on the foot, things start getting out of hand, your expenses rise, you know, you, you, it all is, like you said, a domino effect. They directly correlate with each other. Exactly. And you kind of brought it up a little bit, but I wanted to touch more on that, um, where, 
you know, if you slow down, there's not, you know, there's no shortage. We don't have the freight market that we used to have and volumes are down across the board in just about every industry. But everyone, the thing is that like, you know, we've seen a lot of things come out saying that, you know, spot spot market rates aren't even really enough to cover operating expenses. Um, And so I know that like, you know, if you're one of the big enterprise carriers, you can kind of sort of eat some of those costs to do that. But a lot of times if you're a smaller fleet or owner operator, you can't afford to do that. So kind of do you think that, you know, this is sustainable long term? Do you think that this we've hit a floor on spot rates? Uh, Just kind of do you have any tips for those that might be out there struggling on the spot market? I hope we've hit the floor. (laughs) If it goes any lower, it's going to get not uh, it's it's going to be the blood laugh, the blood bath that they, you know, thought it would be. But um, it's tough. I was just responding to um, to your patriarch here is his uh, tweet earlier today about uh, rates plummeting. And I said, at this point, I'm, you know, when I talk to a broker, I said, you know, when we negotiate a loan, I said, well, I'm only going to lose $400 to do this load. Like, is there any way to get 200 more bucks from you? So I would only lose 200. You know what I mean? That's basically how I describe the situation because that's what, that's just God's honest truth. You know, being a small fleet owner, it's, it's, uh, I still have to pay the driver the same amount, whether I lost money or not. So, uh, being an owner operator, that just means I took less home, but I still took something home. So for me, it's a little more creative. It's a little more dangerous in this environment. Um, I've found myself really clinging to a lot of uh, great brokerages and leaning heavy on the relationships that I've built over the last few years. And that has really kind of helped me in a really big way. Um, still, they're subject to the same rate pressure that everybody else has. I've watched rates, you know, even with the great brokerages that I have, you know, they're like, hey, we had to cut our, you know, expenses or on, you know, our bid on this because it was, they got pressure from another brokerage. So now, it, to me, it's a matter of time, even before the larger carriers start feeling the pressure on their contract for A2. Because, I mean, why wouldn't you, as a shipper, look at rates out on the open market and be like, oh, I can knock off, you know, a few thousand dollars off this thing by just putting it out there. So it, it, I think it's a matter of time for things kind of level off. You know, it'll bring their rates down and then hopefully we'll come up with it. But who knows, right? So I guess you kind of touched on some of those relationships. And that's something that, you know, I think like a lot of shippers and brokers and everyone have been relying on. But when you say that you have relationships with good brokers, you know, what are some of those characteristics of a strong brokerage or someone that you are even a strong shipper that you want to do business with? Because, you know, with all the extra, all with all this excess capacity, shippers are probably going to be bringing new carriers into their routing guides and, you know, giving carriers extra opportunities. What are some of those characteristics that you look for in a good shipper if, you know, someone wants to maybe be a shipper of choice for carriers where they actually want to get freight picked up there versus the shippers that say, you know, you can't use this bathroom. Have a nice day. I wish I would, could be that selective that I can. Uh, <laughs> good, good bathrooms. No, they. Uh, for me, it's it's honesty. I mean, everybody in business wants that, right? Or even relationships in general as human beings. But in uh, this situation, when you see a broker or you know someone like that, shipper, even just kind of holding the cards a little too close to the chest, not giving you all the information or. We're expressing the legitimacy of the load. You know what I mean? Like they, 
they don't give you all the facts. You know, they can give you, you know, and, and those guys, you know, I'll end up doing the load for them, but then I try to steer clear of them in the future. The people that are literally like, hey, here's the deal. You're going to show up here. You're going to be online. It's going to take a while, but that's the load, you know, and I can go into that and I can say, you know, to my drivers like, hey, here's the deal. We all know this is going to take a minute, but at least we're going into it versus them being like, oh, no, super fast. Not a problem. You get there and then you spend all day and they still want you there the next morning, you know, which doesn't work. Those kind of things are are, are what I look for um, in communication, them just reaching out to you and having an open dialogue. I'm going to have problems from time to time. Trucks are, are, are just like humans. They're flawed, you know, break down. The, the people themselves in the truck will break down. I mean, we are human beings. We're capable of being sick on any given moment. So there's those problems and if they can be flexible you know those are the people you want to work with you know what i mean they they call a shipper and like hey this and no one loses their mind i've had you know organizations that just somehow we were supposed to miracle you know a sick driver or flat tire done immediately you know so it's that stuff that i always keep locked away in my mind and i try to you know work with those people religiously and it's built great relationships um we got one broker in particular that we, you know, probably do 40% of our work with and they just take care of us. So I think that that's something I've always, that's always something that I've taken to heart is, you know, just be straight with people because if you lie about something or you try to hide something, they're going to find out. They're going to find out and nobody likes to be, feel like they've gotten duped or lied to or anything like that. And so that's one of the things that I have always pushed for is that honesty, that transparency that comes with a load, even if you know it's a complicated shipper, just tell everyone going in so that way they can plan accordingly on their end. Yeah, it makes all the difference in the world. It makes it a, a better, even when it's a bad situation, it makes it a better bad situation, if that makes sense. It does. It does. It's not quite the dumpster fire on fire, or it's not quite the dumpster on fire. It's just maybe a dirty alley dumpster. Right, right, right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If anyone wants to reach out to you to get some more information or, you know, pick up any of your pro tips, where can they find you? Well, I'm all over social media. You can find me at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm at Hellbent Hagen on all of those. So, yeah. Awesome. I like it. Thank you so much for joining us today.